We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my friends. I hope you're having a beautiful, magical, and exquisite day. I personally believe everyone is at least a little bit curious about what happens after we die. Is this something you've ever contemplated? Or do you have questions about what you were up to before you were born as this human being you are today? Now, what about the existence of angels, ghosts, spirit guides, and other disincarnate beings? Well, I love this topic, and I'm always open to learning more about it. So I'm very excited to be considering, contemplating, and having a conversation about these things and much more with private investigator Bob Olson. Bob is a former skeptic, and now after all his research, he's actually considered a foremost authority on the afterlife. Bob is the author of a really incredible book that I just read and highly recommend called Answers About the Afterlife. A private investigator's 15-year research unlocks the mysteries of life after death. He's internationally known for his workshops, webinars, and media contributions based on scientific research, objective observation, old-fashioned detective work, and interviews with thousands of afterlife communicators, psychic mediums, and people who have had near-death experiences, deathbed visions, and more. He is also the host of a wonderful resource that I just found out about and absolutely love called AfterlifeTV.com. So, Bob Olson, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to have this conversation. Oh, Tammy, thank you for having me here. Uh, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else, and I'm looking forward to this. So, thanks. Oh, I'm so honored. And you know, Bob, I've I personally had a uh, out of body experience when I was very, very sick years ago, and I started having conversations with I don't know other beings, if you will, and it opened my mind to all kinds of things, and I kind of became voracious in my appetite. And I've read a lot of books about this stuff, done a lot of research on my own, and I have to say. I really believe your book is one of the best that I've read in regards to finding out answers of the afterlife. It's really incredible. So I'd like to know how this book came into being. All right. Well, thank you for, for those kind words. Uh, you couldn't have said anything nicer, so that's wonderful. <laughs> I will tell you, my uh, father died in 1997, and uh, I was working as a private investigator at the time can't say that uh, I believed in the afterlife. I didn't really think too much of it. I don't think I had thought too much of it for most of my life. Um, and all of a sudden, even though I had lost loved ones before him, he passed and I wondered where he went and if he went anywhere at all. And that's sort of what got this started. I said, you know, I think, you know, I'll use my skills as a private eye to find out if there really is anything um, beyond uh, death, and, and so that's kind of where it all started. So, yeah, you were a skeptic, and now you're an authority. I find that so fascinating. Can you tell me what created this shift in your belief system? Yeah, you know, it, here's where it started. So my father was, was, in, he was in the hospital, and uh, interesting how that works, he we knew he was he was dying, and um, 
And he had asked that they really up the morphine um, so that he couldn't feel anything. So he was in basically a medically induced coma um, for at least 12 hours. And uh, we had slept in the room, in the hospital room, me and my family members and my wife, and uh, nothing happened all night long. The next morning we woke up and we had talked to the doctor and they said he's, the only thing keeping him alive is the breathing tube. So uh, we removed the breathing tube after some consideration. And within uh, 10 minutes at the most, um, all his vital signs, all the beeping on the monitors and everything uh, was going down. And we could see that he was leaving his body in that way. And uh, all of a sudden, my mother started crying and, uh, and, and sobbing at the realization you know, that her best friend of, geez, I don't even know, long, long time, um, had, was leaving her. And, and so she got a hold of herself. And when she did, uh, well, actually, when she started crying, all the beeping, all the vital signs on the monitors started to go back up. And, and, and it, was, it was like, oh, my goodness, he's, he's trying to hold on for you. And there was no question about it. But then this ended up happening two more times. So she'd get a hold of herself. And then all of a sudden, she'd burst out sobbing again. And same thing, all his, you know, his oxygen levels, everything was going back up. And you could hear it because the monitors have all that beeping. Right, so sure. the slow, slow beeping all of a sudden started going beep, 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 beep. Like and he was coming back. He was coming back. And by the third time, we were like, well, he's obviously, he's holding on for you, you know. Yes. And so she pulled back and she told him right out loud, you know, go, you go, you know, you go ahead. I'm going to be okay. You go. And then, and then he did. And uh, anybody who's been with someone, uh, you know, you recognize that one moment that body has life in it, and then the next moment it doesn't, and it's clear as day. And that was the first sign for me. Um, I, I, was, I was a skeptic, but that was the first sign that I thought, hmm, I wonder if there is more to life and death than I realize. And that's kind of what got my curiosity and made me start. There was more. There was more after that, but that's where it got started. You had experiences like that. I haven't been with somebody who's transitioned. Not in that moment. I've yep. I've experienced uh, you know death, but not been in the room with people. And I, you know, I've had uh, when I was really sick. I was kind of floating around the ethers, and it really opened my mind. It cracked open my mind to the possibility that we are more than just physical beings. Before that, I was agnostic. I'm a recovered yeah. Catholic, and then I was like, nah, that's not it. So, you know, I was on the fence about anything. And then when yeah. I had these experiences of floating around the ethers, I started asking questions and getting answers about reincarnation and karma, and it cracked open my mind to investigating and exploring, and I'm a true believer today. <laughs> yeah, well, it took me a long time to become a true believer. The f so I started investigating the afterlife. Now, the f even before I made this commitment, um, two things happened. One, we had uh, we had planted a lilac bush next to my father's grave, and and because uh, it wasn't he was he wasn't big into flowers or anything, but if he liked the smell of anything, it was lilacs. We knew that, so we planted that. And then what would happen is we would uh, I'd be driving along in the car, and all of a sudden I get this really strong sense of lilacs, and you know I'd look around, uh, you know I don't see any lilac trees, but you don't know. And then I'd be in someone's house. And all the same thing. Oh my God! The smell of lilacs would just fill the room, and it wasn't just me. Everybody, everybody would smell it. 
and windows could be closed or no lilac bushes outside. It didn't matter, you know, and this kept happening. And after talking about it, it wasn't just me. It was other family members that was having this happen. And then shortly after that, um, I was driving along in my car and uh, all of a sudden my radio started to do this really weird thing. Now, this is in the late 90s. So what was happening was it, it was a radio where you had the knobs and you had the little dial that, the, you know, the, that would move the needle back and forth in order to make the station move. And all of a sudden I see the needle going from left to right and all back left and back to right. And it's just going from station to station to station. And I can hear it and I grab the knobs and it has no control over the knobs. And then all of a sudden I thought of my father and I go, oh my goodness, dad, that's you. And I, I have no idea. Same thing. Like I was not a non-believer at this point, but I thought of my father. And as soon as I did, it stopped. And then I was able to move the needle with the knob. And those are the two two things, or maybe you could call it three things, uh, where my father was passing that made me make a commitment that I was going to investigate this, this field. Yeah, something's going on. So yeah. you have done a lot of work in this arena, and you've figured out or um, researched a lot of different topics. Something I'm really interested in that you uh, talk about are um, ghosts, spirits, angels. Now, are these things different? Are they the same? Can you give me your opinion or what you've learned about these different types of energies? You know, my opinion is that they're all the same now, but I recognize, you know, when it comes to religion, there are religions that will that consider angels um, uh, spiritual beings that have never had a, a, a human lifetime and that they consider them messengers of God. And, and I respect all that. But from my own experiences, based on the evidence that I've seen, I, I sort of place them all in the same category. And mainly when I say that with the angels, it's because so many people call their loved ones in spirit angels. You know, oh, she's an angel now, you know, that sort of thing. So I use the terms interchangeably. And as far as ghosts are concerned, my experience, again, this is my experience um, since the late 90s, but I haven't seen any evidence of the scary haunting ghosts that that we see on TV and we see in the movies. What I have seen is I have seen people because of those movies and those TV shows get scared um, when someone, a loved one in spirit, tries to contact them, tries to make a connection with them, and they recognize these signs and signals that are coming through, but it scares them because of all the ghost stories they've heard. And so, to me, a ghost and a spirit and an angel are all the same thing, the way I use them. And, and, uh, and they're just, you know, generally, uh, the people who are coming through to us are going to be, for the most part, our loved ones in spirit. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you. I mean, I think we can't open the door to, to darkness, but, um, and I think that's just fear. And I prefer to keep my eye on love. <laughs> and as long as I just keep trusting that, it, I feel very protected and it all, it's all really cool. It's all really good. Um, so I'm just going to ask you a little question here that because it's like my favorite thing to talk about. How do you, Bob Olson, define God? Who or what is God? <laughs> <All right. laughs> just so, a little thing here. We're going to just have this. Yeah, just a little thing. Yeah. <laughs> it, you know, it's a, it's a huge question. And I'll say I write it better, you know, than I'll be able to say it verbally because I take so much care in the words that I use. Um, when I'm writing, and I can edit it. But 
Again, this is based on the evidence that I've seen. Now, I was raised Catholic as well, so uh, you know I recognize you know what a lot of the Christians believe, and 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 I was raised on you know a god, the same God that that a lot of people believe in. But from the evidence that came through, and this is like people who have uh, loved ones in spirit who have communicated through mediums. Um, this is people who have had near death experiences, uh, people who have had out of body experiences, people who have had regression is what we call a life between lives regression where they go into the spirit world. Um, for the most part, the majority, and I have to go by the majority, that's what a, an investigator will do. We look at the majority of the evidence because it's never all going to be conclusive. Um, and you can talk to 10 people who have uh, near-death experiences. They'll tell you that they went through similar stages, but n- none of those 10 are going to be exactly the same. So you look at the majority. And the majority is that... Uh, We'll take people, I'll use this example, people who've had near-death experiences. When they experience God, or they're in the presence of God, they describe God as being an energy more than an entity. So rather than seeing a man in the sky, they're seeing a light. And they're calling that light love. And they're recognizing that this, this light of filled with love is, has an intelligence. It's the intelligence of all that we know. You might call it creative intelligence, intelligence of the universe. But it, it is this, this energy that connects all things, all people, everything, all animals, all plants, trees, you name it. We're all connected by this light of love that has this amazing intelligence um, that's able to, you know, create and control all things as we know them uh, in this day. And again, the book will do a much better job explaining a lot more of the details of that, but from, from a brief view, that, that's how it, it, it's turned out for me in the investigation I have of life after death. And, and that was beautifully put. I was kind of feeling that energy as you were talking about it. And I, I was, it's so funny. I was reading this book on the way back from Hawaii, which is quite a long flight. And we were getting ready to land. And I was like, no, I'm not done reading. <laughs> <laughs> so beautiful. You're so eloquent. And it's um, so comforting. You know, it was like, it really affirmed a lot of my thoughts and beliefs and so comforting. And um, something else I really love that you talk about is the purpose of life from the perspective of the soul. Can you talk a little bit about that? Why do you think we're here, Bob? What is the point of this human experience? So as spiritual beings, and, and, the, and the part of us that, I, that stays in the spirit world all the time, what some people call their higher self, I call the soul. And the soul is what decides it's going to have a lifetime here um, as human physical beings. And because where their soul exists in this spiritual world where there is no evil and there's no, no hatred and there's no, you know, there's no crime, there's no injury, everything is just always joyful and peaceful and filled with love, um, the soul wants to understand some of, the, some of those experiences that it knows by having a physical experience. And what we learn as physical beings in this physical world where we have all of those things, we have evil and hatred and crime and, and injury and sickness, what, 
what that does for us is it teaches us to appreciate the opposite end of things. So, in other words, I'll give you an example. So, if we, if you, if you have your thumb, you have your thumb, you love your thumb, you use your thumb all the time, <laughs> right? This is okay. a real simple example. <laughs> but then you go and accidentally hit your thumb with a hammer. Well, all of a sudden, you're not able to use your thumb for a few days, and you appreciate your thumb in a new way that you never were able to appreciate it before. So. If in the spirit world, we experience health all the time, and we really want to understand what health is like, we can have an, ex- we can have an experience here as physical beings, as human beings, where we have sickness. And we can experience from different angles. We can have an experience where we are sick, and that teaches us a different aspect of health that we couldn't know in the spirit world as souls. Or we can experience it as someone who takes care of someone who is sick, that gives us another perspective of what sickness and health are all about. And, and there are many different levels from that as well. And um, you could be a nurse, you could be a doctor, you, you know, all sorts of things. But what they're really teaching us, when we have all these negative experiences that we know, they're teaching us about, in this case, health. They're teaching us different sides of health, and it, it teaches us to appreciate and understand health in a way that we couldn't understand without knowing its opposite. So the purpose of life from the way I've understood it in my investigation is that we come here to have experiences. And these usually are going to be experiences that we can't have in the spirit world. Now, that doesn't mean we can't experience joy and love and peace here, too. We do. But knowing that we are mortal beings, that we will die someday. And when you have death, as part of the makeup of your existence, knowing that it, it's always right around the corner. It might not be for 80 years, but the possibility that we could die on any one day exists um, from all sorts of different things, tragedy, accident, sickness. And, um, and so because of that, it's a completely different experience than the joy and health and peace and love that we would know in the spirit world. So basically, at its essence, we have we come to have a physical life in order to have experiences that we couldn't have in the spirit world. Mm, that's so well put. And yeah, you know, we talk about this planet being one of duality and to be able to experience some um, uh, opposites, which I guess in, in just love and light, you don't have that. It's all just love and light. Yeah. So yeah, maybe God put this in motion so that he could have the experience of being other than just one. I kind of think he was lonely. <laughs> yeah, we want something right. to play with. So it seems like Bob and Tammy are having a conversation and we're having a nice time, but really we know we're just all one. <laughs> kind of well, makes it, it fun. <laughs> well, it does. It makes it fun. And it helps, it helps for me, it helped me understand. As I was growing up, I kind of had this belief that, that life was supposed to be joyful all the time. And then, and, and if it wasn't, if I was going through some kind of a challenge, no matter what it was, I started to wonder why, you know, was I being punished for something? Was I being ignored by God? Was I, you know, what was going on that I now was experiencing this, this horrible thing in my life? And um, these two, under- my new understanding of God and my new understanding of really the purpose of life helped me to recognize that I wasn't being singled out by anyone, you know, in a negative way is that nobody promised that life was going to be easy all the time. We just were promised that we were going to have experiences. And in the end, 
spiritually, as spiritual beings, we grow from every experience. So it really doesn't matter to the soul, even though the soul has great compassion for us as we're going through some of these challenging times. I think that's so true. You know, something you wrote on page 81 that I just loved is the following. Our life on earth is a temporary trip we make from the spirit world. Therefore, the more logical question would be to ask if we continue our spiritual growth here on the earth plane, and the answer is yes. Apparently, human life is a lot like boot camp, where we learn a lot and grow in a short amount of time. And isn't that true? This human experience, I mean, even best case scenario is challenging, and worst case scenario can feel like like hell. <laughs> I don't think there's hell. I think we can experience that here. What, what do you think? Yeah, I agree uh, wholeheartedly. Uh, you know, a lot of people ask about hell, and I, I never saw any evidence of hell outside of what we know here. And, and, mm-hmm. and everybody knows. I don't think anybody would disagree that we can certainly create a hell for ourselves here, um, or we can experience it one way or another, even if we don't feel like we created it. But, yeah, that, I mean, that's definitely true, and, uh, and I never saw that contradicted in any way throughout the 15 years that I investigated. Yeah, and you know, it, it, along those lines, I never, I, I did not read one thing in your book that I did not agree with, that I contradicted. It's like you've really done your work, and I find it so um, inspiring and comforting. W- what are some of the things that people say after they read your book? Well, I, a lot of that, you know, it's certainly a lot of people who are reading the book have lost a loved one, and so either they're grieving or, you know, there's still some grief left, even if it's been many years, and they, and they have many questions. So it eases a lot of their fears to recognize that their loved ones are okay and, they, mm-hmm. and to know where they're going uh, when it's their turn to go home. So, and, you know, I, I find I, one of the things I love about it is that people are reading this book and then they're going back and, and ordering more copies for their other loved ones, their friends and their family members. And it's opening up this conversation about life and death that few people have. You know, when I was growing up, we didn't talk about death. My grandfather lived with us and died, um, and his room was just vacant. I never had that conversation with my parents when I was 10 years old. Certainly, I, I know because kids know things that, you know, we don't think they know, but they know. And I recognize it, but I never had a conversation. And our society doesn't normally talk about death. And, and so many right. people are so uncomfortable with it that, you know, they try to avoid it at every avenue. So the one so thing true. that I'm, I've learned is that this book has really opened up that conversation where it normally doesn't exist. And I think it's helped a lot of people in that way. Oh, I'm sure that it has. It is so good. So, Bob, if people are interested in getting a copy of your book or finding out more about you, how can they do that? They can go to bobolson.com, B-O-B-O-L-S-O-N, and they can get a copy on Amazon. It's really the best place. People seem to be getting it faster on Amazon. Or you can go to, you mentioned, afterlifetv.com, and they can see me interviewing other people or or just talking to the camera and, and teaching them more about what I've learned. Uh, such a great resource. I went on there and I was blown away by some of the content you had there. Even Alexander, James von Prague, John Holland, Brian Weiss, all kinds of topics being covered. Suicide, reincarnation, our animals, do they go to heaven? Are they going to be there communicating with the other side? So definitely, if you're interested in the subject, go to AfterlifeTV.com. Uh, so much good stuff. Thank you, Tammy. Yeah, I was doing all these interviews, and I realized, I, you know, I should share these with people, and I recognize that I could interview everybody by Skype. 
and then just record it and then share it with people who are interested. So that's kind of how that started. Oh, it's amazing. Uh, technology is, I mean, I used to resist it, but it really is my friend. That's why we're here, able to have this conversation today. And love, 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 afterlifetv.com. You can go watch this stuff anytime, pause it, come back to it. It's, it's amazing. So much good content. Um, so we only have a couple of minutes here left, Bob. So something that I believe is so important, and to me, this is what I feel like your book boils it down to in a nutshell. Um, it seems like so much of what's going on here is the purpose of experience, but also cultivating compassion, being on the both sides of things, seeing things from different perspectives, and eventually getting to the place of having compassion. Is that accurate? That's kind of what I derived from it. Yeah, it seems to all come down to that, you know, which is an aspect of love. But yeah, compassion and understanding kind of go hand in hand. And that's really what it comes down to. So if if we're able to have compassion for someone else, that means that we can at least see their sides of things and whatever it is that they're going through. So it allows us to be more forgiving because of it, because we now know why maybe someone said or did things um, in the way that they did that maybe angered us at first. But if we're able to recognize and have compassion for them, it's because we now understand them from a greater awareness. Uh, and, and with that awareness, we're able to be uh, better human beings by treating each other better. And this is one of the things in this investigation I did. I just learned how to be a better human being. I didn't expect that by, by investigating the afterlife, but that's one of the things that I gained from it. Well, you do have a very open, generous, and sweetheart, and I love this conversation. I'm so glad you said you would do a second interview with me, so I'm excited about continuing the dialogue. I think you're just incredible. So thank you for being here. And to my listeners, gosh, it wouldn't be that much fun if we didn't have somebody else to hang out with. This is really about connection with you. So if you want to get a hold of me, TammyBPhD.com. Ask a question, make a suggestion to start the conversation. So thanks for being here with us. God bless you. Onward and upward. Bye for now.